0: For Friday twenty five july.
1: listening to 3CR 855 AM on digital and on the internet www.3cr.org.au
0: hello there again here on left after breakfast and i'd like to thank you you people who pledged to the radiothon last week it is really really fabulous that you did that to keep us going here on air for another 12 months to keep the radio station afloat of course if you didn't have time to make a pledge last week you still can plenty of time kick into our radiothon we're a couple of hundred dollars short so let's hoping you have pledged and if you have that you've paid it up and if you haven't pledged You'll do so very shortly. Of course you will. The quality of people who listen to 3CR, and in particular, the quality of people who listen to Left After Breakfast, is just superb. I know the kind of listeners that we have here. And thank heavens there are still listeners of your calibre in Melbourne, in Australia, because otherwise we'd be looking at a very, very bleak future for all of us, wouldn't we? I wanted to share something with you that I came across the other day, and it's purportedly from the General Director of Euro Exim Bank, or any bloody bank. As I read on, you'll know why I'm saying any bank. It says the bicycle is the slow death of the planet. A cyclist is a disaster for the country's economy. He does not buy cars and does not borrow money to buy cars. He does not pay for insurance policies. He does not pay for fuel and he does not pay for the necessary maintenance and repairs. He does not use paid parking. He does not cause serious accidents. He does not require multi-lane highways. He does not get fat. Healthy people are neither needed nor useful for the economy. They don't buy medicine. They don't go to hospitals or doctors. Nothing is added to the country's gross domestic product. However, on the contrary, every new McDonald's restaurant Creates at least 30 jobs, 10 cardiologists, 10 dentists, 10 dietary experts and nutritionists, and obviously people who work with the restaurant itself. Choose carefully: cyclists or McDonald's, a I man that's worth considering, and by the way, walking is even worse. Pedestrians don't even buy bicycles. But let me be serious. I'd like to talk about a significant issue currently affecting Australians. The Prime Minister is a member of a cult. Yes, a cult. And its influence is pervading our society. I'm not going to talk about prosperity theory and how evident it was during JobKeeper and the snap back to the incredibly generous $44 per day. Now that most businesses are on their feet and Jerry Harvey received a squillion dollar bonus. No, this is about women, and why improving the lot of 51% of our population is diametrically opposed to the religious beliefs of Smirko Morrison, and also opposed to the disproportionate number of his inner circle. I'll just be clear, I'm an atheist, but I do respect the rights of others under the law to, um to believe in in things like this. But it's also imperative to note that Smirko has stated he does not consider the Bible to be a policy handbook. Oh, really? Morrison has often spoken about how important his faith is to him and to his family. I mean, how could you forget his belief in miracles in his acceptance speech? Miracles are a central core of Pentecostal belief. And his religion is central to who he is. He's frequently told us how he prays for us, whether during the COVID pandemic now when he seemed to compare himself to Moses. But he prays for us during droughts and floods. And there are also fairly regular calls for the blessings of his God. I suppose really that most of us have a vague understanding of the beliefs of Pentecostalism as perhaps we do with fundamental Judaism or Islam. Oh, by the way, Pentecostals are not fundamentalist Christians. But I mean, we have a vague understanding of these things. Vague understandings can be dangerous, as often they're tinged with bias, both conscious and unconscious. But let's look at a few of the actual beliefs and why they matter in relation to women in Australia. First, consider the fact that Smirko's religion is one which is socially conservative. He views issues like abortion, same-sex attraction, and single parenthood as something to be frowned upon at the very least, because it wasn't considered normal during the times of the New Testament. And of course, the times of the New Testament should still be applying today. How can anyone believe that we should have the same standards today as we had 1700 years ago? I mean, that's fairly tough to accept, isn't it? But this obviously should be seen as a significant concern for certain, well, the women of Australia. If you're viewing it through a prism that recognizes that massive steps are not only required, but are being demanded both here and around the world. It's interesting to note that uh, Morrison excused himself from the SSM vote. Next is pietism, or the belief that someone's personal relationship with God guides their life path. Now, this is entirely at odds with strong legislation designed to promote women above where they find themselves today. That's because we've had policies that amount to structural disadvantage. Matters such as abortion or addressing the significant problems around the vision of greater childcare, uh, methods of equalising superannuation opportunities, well actually instead of suggesting that women withdraw theirs to escape domestic assault, well these things are hamstrung by such strong and archaic beliefs. Well, it's hardly surprising that at least financially women are proportionally worse off post-lockdown than men. Despite all the rhetoric around job figures, close examination of the facts showed that the average earnings per participant in the workforce per hour have decreased. And the industries most affected are those staffed by women. The recent debate around the gutting of the proposed changes to IR law is a demonstrably bit of damage to female workers over men. Now Morrison's Christianity adheres to certain passages of the Bible. And this is a good one, dear listener. Ephesians five twenty one twenty five. God it sounds like a disease in itself, oh, I suppose it is. Ephesians five twenty one twenty five, which calls for a woman to submit herself to her husband's will as she would to God. Well, I don't have to say any more about that, but I will reference again the LNP policy of women accessing their superannuation to escape domestic assault situations, and the lack of support for both social services for women caught up in, in these situations, and the lack of action in provisions for domestic violence leave in the workforce. In the 2016 census... 1.1% of Australians identified as Pentecostal. But there are now several of them in cabinet, meaning there's a massive overrepresentation of people whose belief includes those above examples. If, like the Prime Minister, their religion defines who they are, these views are simply not in line with broader Australia. Nor are they about to progress equality and equity for women in this country. Look, you can have as many women in the cabinet as you like, and you can have a minister for women, but unless they passionately believe that we need to see real change, it's just not going to eventuate. And there was a time not so long ago, not so long ago at all, dear listener, when mainstream journalists not only turned a blind eye to the sexual misconduct in Canberra, in some cases they actually enabled it, and in other cases were directly involved. Now this of course has contributed to the toxic culture we're now hearing about within the walls of power. Will their reticence to discuss religion? Will their reticence to discuss religion also have an equally negative effect on the women of Australia? Well, I'm afraid it will. And I don't know why we have this mad, insane over-representation of people who believe in a book written 1,700 years ago with rules for women in it, why it should be used today to you.
2: You will eat by and by in that glorious land above the sky. Work and pray, live on hay You'll get high in the sky when you die, that's a lie (laughs) Long-haired creatures come out every night Try to tell you what's wrong and what's right But when asked about something to eat They will answer with voices so sweet By and by In that glorious land above the sky Work and pray to live on hay You'll get by in the sky when you die That's all Oh, the starvation army, they say (laughs) While they sing and they clap and they pray Get all your coin on the drum And they'll tell you that you're on the bottom sinner and the bad man they tell When you die you will surely go to hell Working men of all countries unite Side by side we for freedom will fight When this world and its wealth we have gained To the grafters we'll sing this refrain You will eat my advice to cook and to fry chop some wood do you go and you'll eat in the sweet by
0: and by and we'll hear from the resident historian glenn with an interesting fact about helen keller
1: we've all heard of helen keller an american last she became a an advocate, a writer, an educator for disabled. And poor Les, you know, she was she was blind, she was mute. But with the help of people like Anne Sullivan, she learned how to speak and to become a role model, inspiration for millions around the world. And, um, yeah, Helen Keller, an inspiring figure, one of those, those great fighters for injustice and um, who challenged her own disabilities and other disabled people and just gave her a beacon of hope. But do we know she was a socialist as well? Mm. Not just an activist for the disabled, but a socialist. We've forgotten these things of the Helen color Maybe we've told these things. And uh, she spent a lot of her life involved in socialist politics. She did a lot of writing about socialism. She pulled for the socialist ideals. It's been airbrushed from history. I know how in the uh, track of like, her writings, her politics. and how she was clear in her words, and um, she was quite class consciousness. Had a very systemic change to build a new world, not just about you know, the know handouts for us more support for us, but a better, freer world. But unfortunately, there's not much on her socialist work, on her speaking, on photos of her recordings. All that's been written out of history. When her principal archives were housed at the American Foundation of the Blonde New York City, which spent many years there. But uh, unfortunately for Helen Keller, the, uh, the executive director, was a conservative who once said, um, Helen Keller's had a plan of communists has been a source of embarrassment for us for a long time. So, yeah, here she was, a a role model for the blind, but because she had communist friends, all of that she was employed by a racer. So the material was preserved, wasn't preserved. So some of the Helen Keller history has disappeared by the archive. A lot of her disabled work, a lot of her inspirational work, was written out because she was a socialist. Yeah, not a very nice process. And again, other work there was, there was um, an archive of the Helen Keller International location in Manhattan. But again, it was destroyed in the Melbourne bombing. That stuff's gone and we couldn't find it. It just disappeared forever. So yeah, the, the bombing of the World Trade Center forced the destruction of a lot of archival material of her Helen Keller international building adjacent. And again, not just, as I said, the American Foundation of the Blind had got rid of her stuff because she was a communist fellow traveller, but the bombing on September destroyed stuff. there were materials found, there is information out there which can be found in like um like I said, How Zinn, the great American historian, found writing to Helen Keller. And she speaks not 12, but you know, the Republican Party and Democrats as the two sides of the same capitalist party. She's so just can't have two big capitalist parties. Want to build a better world for us, and she thought a way around it. She thought socialism was a way forward. And yeah, here's the Helen Keller. We don't know about. And there's, there's so much of Helen Keller we don't hear about. Not just you know her disability we hear about, but the fact she loved nature, her, her desire for nature, natural surroundings. And like all socialists. She likes the good things in life. Yeah, I think we should inspire Helen Keller. Learn her writing, her thoughts, and the fact Helen Keller was a socialist. So I said, okay, there's a better way of forming capitalism. It's not just the market. It's not just the commodities. It's a world of people. Helen Keller fought for a better world for all of us, not just herself. And that's my two-bobbs worth. If you're listening to Susanna Duffy's who's Left Up Breakfast, and my name is Glenn. And until I return very soon on the show, I'll send the words of my four beers, Chocula.
3: Good morning you're listening to 3CR the only radio left and we will
0: be hearing from the bagman very shortly once he gets past the security at the door mm-hmm.
4: Boop boop boop.
0: I see that new england has recaptured the title of dope capital of australia and that's because barking balmy beetrooter joyce our most celebrated family man has resumed his role as the nation's number two golly how are we going up there in parliament eh, listener we've got a prosperity cultist who consults eagle paintings for career advice and an habitually pickled pest in the top two positions. Well, it's quite an achievement, isn't it? Even for a nation like us, where we've been sleepwalking through eight years of the lying, nasty parties, dreadful cacocracy. Deputy Prime Minister Mickey, um, Mick, uh, Mick, what's his name? He rose from obscurity to become one of the most unrecognised names in politics. He's a man so soporific that migrating birds fall from the sky whenever he speaks. He has the substance of a chalk outline and is now reluctantly returning to his previous role as idiot at large and burning effigies of inner-city latte-sipping greeny lefties, barking-barmy beetrooter has resumed the position of leading the Ignorance Pride Parade that is the National Party, the fossil fuel-obsessed creationists who don't believe in fossils. But the beetroot is really the answer to questions no one seems to have asked. Do dinosaurs still roam the Earth? It seems the Nets have decided that exploiting the credulous rooms who love a character requires more than just dressing as Elvis. And regional Australia does love its outsiders. I mean, how else to explain the incoherent Bob Catter, Really, what about Malcolm Roberts, a little like a diminutive screw loose Latrecq, and boy George Christensen, the floating member for Manila? So it's time to embrace the Nationals' ethos of back to the future and resurrect a bloke whose red neck joins up at the front, the florid fornicator of New England the beetrooter, You just can't keep a cheap drunk down. While he still thinks that Wi-Fi is the plural of wife, and that gay marriage will damage our cattle exports, he's back promising that his rotten written days are behind him, updating his register of extramarital interest and announcing his newly discovered humility via text. That's nice, isn't it? But he's no... There's nothing unusual about him in the National Party. Despite qualms about his hands-on style from the women in the party, one of the beetrooters' most enthusiastic supporters and a representative sample of the lead paint liquors is Matt Coalface Canavan of the Man Coal Love Association. For Matty, every paddock, every orchard, every vineyard and every endangered habitat is a coal mine awaiting a government subsidy. Matty's future focused business acumen, as sort of along the lines of a VCR rentals franchise, is built on the concept of maximizing, maximizing taxpayers' inputs to dud investments for familiar benefits to the Angus Squizzy Taylor tradition. But I'm sure that Canavan's support has nothing to do with his brother's investment in a busted-ass coal mine. Seriously. Joyce, the great testiculator, waving his arms about and talking bollocks, His puce-faced ranting, the apoplectic and the apocalyptic working together for a shared vision of Australia as a scarred landscape of massive holes in the ground, dry rivers, poisoned aquifers, collapsed ecosystems and dead coral reefs. And on the plus side, a healthy stream of donations from the eco-vandals of the mining lobby. The Beatruder himself may well say I'm no Albert Weinstein, confusing the iconic genius with the Hollywood sexual predator and Zimmer frame test pilot, proving the point and rekindling memories of his past proclivities. He declared that after three years in backbench penury, he's a changed man, who does not intend to rejoin his fellow Pepe Le Pew club members Porter, Tudge and Lammy He won't be trawling Canberra's ninth spots. No, his new crusade is to root the country and not the staff.
5: You're listening to 3CR Community Radio, Melbourne's voice of dissent. 3CR Community Radio, 855 on the AM dial, streaming live at 3cr.org.au or on 3CR
4: Digital digital in Melbourne.
5: and take the bread from off my plate, but you can't break me. Lock me out, chain the gates, put black shirts in with dogs and mace, I'll hold the line, won't step away, cause you can't break me. I belong, you belong, we belong to the union. Don't count me out when I'm on the floor, we'll win again, we've won the the streets will ring with a mighty roar Cause you can't break me Stocks rise up on workers' backs Profits soar while you hand out the sack Boardroom bullies bloated and fat But you can't break me Australia's sold to mates offshore Backroom deals and shonky law This day has come, we say no more You can't break me I belong to you belong, we belong to the Union I belong, you belong, we belong to the Union We won't turn away if you dare us to fight I swear I'll never lay down and From women and men united as one. Cause you can't break me. There's a warning here to the men in grey. The pipers come, it's time to pay. We're taking back what you stole away. Cause you can't break me. I belong, you belong, we belong to the union. I belong, you belong, we belong to
4: the union.
3: Good morning, Bagman. Good morning, Susan. I'm about to break the the golden rule of the Community Radio Federation. No. I'm about to talk about politics. Now, you know... You look at politics as what? Well, I look at it in the way that I'm cynical, bitter, and I'll twist it. And this week, this week in Parliament House, I'm not cynical, bitter and twisted, I'm almost laughable because the National Party uh, have actually elected the beetrooter, Barnaby Joyce, to be the assistant, uh, oh, no, the, the, the assistant Prime Deputy. Minister. Deputy Prime Minister, that's us say. And anyway, breaking news and breaking news, the Prime Minister, Scott Morrison's, future travel plans have been put on hold. Oh yeah. Because of that, according to re- reliable sources within the Labour Party, Morrison has stated he will never leave the country again and leave the Beatrice in charge as the acting prime minister.
0: Mm. Oh. I don't know if that's good or bad, oh, well. but
3: uh, well, go to beat big I reckon. He's rooted everything that was, wasn't was tied down and uh, now he's out to root you. But he said in this week, he said in this week, he's a changed man because he understands women uh, more. And he said, I've got four women, so I know what it's like and I understand them and I'm allowed to come back in a, into the uh, uh, the Australian Parliament again. Now, I think... We may have mentioned six weeks ago that three years previously, up and down Goulburn, daughters of um, Barnaby Joyce, went up and down the streets saying what a what a rotten dad he was and what a, what a um, horrible man he was for leaving his wife and whatever. They, a, they hired a card, but, a van or something. They had a megaphone. Uh, they had a megaphone up and down the streets of Goulburn telling uh, the the voters of Goulburn, just what a prick um, their father was. But uh, now, apparently, it might all be forgotten or uh, forgiven. Uh, well, one of them got a job. Oh, one of them did get a job. But at the 22 years of age, she's now... She's a senior advisor somewhere. Senior advisor, that's it, yeah, to John Ballararo in New South Wales. There's no such thing as free lunch in uh, in Australia...
0: And there's no such thing as nepotism either. <laughs> Look, I don't uh, have anything against nepotism, bag man, as long as everyone's name is Duffy. Oh, yes, there you go. And your 19 grandchildren also. Um... Well, they'd like a job as senior advisor. Look, um, my 15-year-old grandson would make a really good senior advisor to someone.
3: It hasn't got long to go because... No. Uh, Barnaby's Joyce's daughter, Joyce's daughter is 22, and she's a senior um, media advisor to John
0: Barilaro. Well, uh, she understands media. She knows all you have to do is get in a van and get a megaphone and run <laughs> up
3: the street, up the
0: street, run up Galvin. High
3: Street. <laughs> Bloody oh, hell! Oh my God! Oh, well, we've got a and uh, we've got a Pentecostal and we've got a pisspot. Uh, in charge of this country. A Pentecostal and a pisspot. And a pisspot.
0: Well, he is well known
3: for being a drunk, isn't he? Well, you've got to remember, Susan, remember last year, just 18 months ago, on Christmas Eve, from a back paddock of uh, Barnaby Joyce's house, he uploaded a video of himself saying angrily, and I quote him here, I'm sick of the government... Being in my life. Now, he was red-faced, he was, uh, he's, uh, his nose was bulbous, and he was obviously uh, under the influence of something else. Sick mm. of the government being in his life. He was the government at the time. Well, he may have been the uh, acting Prime Minister at the time, uh, I, can, uh, I can just imagine. And I see that some people got upset last week because Peter Credlin got a gong in the Australian um, uh, awards. Now, Pisa Credlin, and I I don't don't, uh, deny that she uh, she earned it. Uh, A lot of people were angry about it, but the simple fact is she was uh, nominated for her life or for the work she has done in the Australian Parliament. She hasn't got a gong for journalism, no well, way! No. no way! She reports at times for Sky News, and uh, there's no way that she could get a a, a a gong journalism.
0: But what did she do in the Australian Parliament that she got a gong for?
3: Well, she was uh, probably um, acknowledged as the person responsible for Tony Abbott, and probably. And that's worth an award. Oh well, no. She she also brought down the the uh, the Abbott government. Also. Well, so that's worth yeah, an award. That's worth an award. But she did not get a gong uh, for journalism because if you look at television, have you got a television? Yes, I have. Have a you had Sky Television? No, you haven't. Of all course right. not. Let me tell you, please, let, bag man. Let me tell you that. On the ABC, there's a program every Sunday called The Insiders Mm. and a political debate and whatever. Followed that is The Offsiders. Yeah. And they talk about sport and whatever. Now, Sky News has gone one better than that and they've got a program called The Outsiders. (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) Now, not one single uh, brain cell... Would have come together to uh, name the outsiders, and it's hosted by people like Rowan Dean, um, lunatic, and also Rita Bannerhi from the uh, Herald Sun newspaper. So, you know, got to be be careful what you read because you may be influenced uh, in some way. It's a very
0: strange this habit of suddenly throwing around... Uh, awards and things. Well, throwing around gongs on the Queen's birthday and stuff for people who haven't really done anything. I mean...
3: Oh, Prince Philip got
0: one. Tony Tony gave him one. Gave him a bloody knighthood. He gave (laughs) a Duke a knighthood. Mm. That was just a bit of a, you know, thumbing your nose at Australia, the Mm. way that Abbott made himself uh, the Minister for Women. It was just thumbing your nose at the 51% of Australians. That's that's just a... Mm. Tony Abbott was just like that. But, I mean, I'm accustomed to, well, I'm not going to talk about my award, but I'm accustomed to awards being for something. Mine might have been for services to the community, naming it mm-hmm. a, a youth program. Your mum? Your mum got it gone? No, I got it gone. Oh, it you was, got it gone. But it was for services for oh, youth really? in, in the community. It was for doing something. Yeah. It's not for, um, what, Being the secretary to
3: someone, do you remember Ainsley Gotto? I sure do. Did she get a gong? No, she didn't get a gong. Well, the rumours at the time was that she was having an affair with the Deputy Prime Minister at the
0: time. Ah, well, do do you get gongs for having affairs with uh, people high up in Parliament? Maybe you do. Maybe you do. This is where you and I have gone wrong.
3: Well, see that there's uh, one parliamentarian in victoria who's been pulled over the coals for having sex sex I, I mentioned uh in his parliamentarian um offices now how many times would that have happened in the australian parliament and the victorian parliament having sex in your parliamentary room can't, can't they wait till they get home What's wrong with these people? <laughs> right. Sorry, what's wrong with these men? Uh, well, well, not laying blame to anybody. It could be uh, men and women. But, well, uh, come on, man. Uh, women can wait till they get home. You know, they probably can. And you can't blame them uh, for wanting to wait. Uh, but I want to talk about someone in the Victorian Parliament because, at last, someone with enough mongrel in them to sheet the blame home about the the lack of vaccine in Australia. Now, James Bellino, the acting Premier of Victoria, angrily informed the public that the federal government had been hopeless in supplying the second dose of approved vaccines. Well, they have. Well, they've absolutely been hopeless and they've lied and uh, they've obstacated and... Um, uh, Greg Hunt and uh, Scott Morrison have lied to the people of Australia. And as we mentioned last week, uh, Scott Morrison has got a new name too. They has call, it? Yep, yeah, they call him Blister. Ballista. Ballista. Blister. Blister. I you know, like blist? you get on your hands. They call him Blister because he only appears after all the hard work has been done.
0: Like to get on your heel. after you've been walking for too long, climbing up the mountainside, and you go, oh, a blister. I thought you were saying ballister, you know, a a war machine. No, no, no. Did you see, talking of Smirko, that he took 102 people with him on his trip to the G7 to which he was not invited?
3: Mm. No, but I'm sure... No, I'm
0: sorry, I take it all back. It was a 102-seater plane. Oh, right. And he took 43 people with him, plus himself. Did they socially distance? Well, maybe they did. Mm. But the plane came home with no-one else.
3: Oh, really? They didn't pick up any of those stranded Australians. But he he called into a graveyard about 50 miles uh, into the countryside. Oh, he
0: went to do a bit of family genealogical research. That's right. Which he said was just by pure chance while he was there. Whereas we know that one of his assistants (laughs) told the news twice that, yes, she spent some weeks doing some family genealogical research for him and told him where the places were. And when he got there, he said, oh, just while I was here, I'll just... I'll I'll just just call
3: in and find the information about Uncle Horace. Yeah, he's just a liar. (laughs) Like, I mean, we he's know a that, liar from the Shire. We know that politicians
0: lie, but normally it's for a reason. They lie because they don't want you to know where they've stuck the slush funds or something.
4: Yeah, well. But
0: he just lies. It comes naturally to
3: him. He seems to lie before he can tell the truth. He used to be called Scotty from marketing, but uh, a few months ago, every time he hopped off a uh, aeroplane, they rolled out the red carpet for him. And they rolled out the red carpet for... Ministers in his government say, no, he's not called Scotty from marketing anymore. He's called Scotty from carpeting. Scotty from
0: carpeting. (laughs) God, you put the red carpet out for the Queen. Oh,
3: even then, even then i have second thoughts. Yeah, but that's who gets the red carpet, the Queen. Well, this, this man has been put on the earth. Uh, to redeem us and to lay hands on people, he's not um, laying hands on me. Well, no, he won't lay hands on me either. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't <laughs> let him back, man.
0: Don't you worry. I would stop him laying hands on you. I'd say, "Get back there, Scotty! If I'm carpeting."
3: And give him a kick in the saladas. and take you. Oh, look! Hey, I see that the National Party, uh, being um, as uh, as thoughtful as they are, they're going to. Uh, compensate farmers for the stewardship of looking after the land. Now, I say, that's a great idea, but don't forget who the landlords are. The landlords have been here for 60 million years, Mm. so I would say to them, Will pay the rent. If you're going to be compensated for your stewardship of the land, then you pay the Indigenous people, the First Nations people, the rent due to them. Yeah, pay the rent, mate. Pay the bloody rent. Remember we used to have on 3CR fundraisers called Pay the Rent? Yes, I do. And while we're at it, thanks to all those people who donated generously to uh, Left After Breakfast, uh, uh, which you were the, the host uh, for their generous... Uh, contributions, and we've nearly reached our target. Do you know how much 3CR is raised in this time, during COVID, during a time when people don't have much money, $170,000?
0: There are some good people still. There are some good people still, and thank heavens there are still some sensible people left in Australia that don't swallow the lives of these I don't know what to call them, charlatans, I suppose. In Parliament, I don't understand. I was just checking the other day, and in the last census, one point one percent of Australians categorise themselves as Pentecostal. Ooh, well that's that many. That's their problem. You know, look, I don't care. Look, they are allowed by law to believe. In things like that. Speaking in tongues? If they want to believe in, you know, whatever they believe in, a God, if they want to believe in that, well, they are legally entitled to believe in that. But that doesn't make them legally entitled to shove it down my bloody throat. I'm an atheist, but I will allow people the right to believe in idiocy. I'm sorry. Do I mean idiocy? Yes. People have the right to believe
3: in idiocy if that's what they want. Well, I'm a member of the Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster. Ah, oh, you're a Pastafarian. Yes, Pastafarian. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, I, I thought you were a uh, Jedi Knight. <laughs> no, uh, I'm sure you were at one stage. I've said to people who, when they want to fill out their census that it asks for religion. And they write down Jedi Knight and Pastor Ferry, And I say, look, don't do that because you'd all be bucked into religion. And I'll say, you know, that 34% yeah. of Australians believe in religion. Don't, don't do it. Just tell them the truth. Say I'm an atheist.
4: Mm.
3: Hey, I see this week, going back Wednesday, do you know it's the 50th year of McDonald's being here in Australia? And the way that they celebrated was the front page of the age newspaper, in august... Publication uh, on the front page and the three following pages um, wishing McDonald's a happy birthday. Oh, McDonald's have paid for it. Yeah, well, look at uh, uh, look at uh, Harvey Norman. He I also. Don't, I don't ab- want to look at him. But he also spends millions and millions of dollars in advertising uh, in. The uh, Age newspaper. Now that money is probably the money that uh, was given to him by the uh, Australian government for Job Seeker. Now, I think a publication like the the Australian, uh, the uh, the Age newspaper shouldn't be taking that money off people like Harvey Norman do or hardly did. normal. Do you know what you
0: have to do to get the Job Keeper? You no. had to say how much you think you were going you will be losing in this like last year, pandemic. You not how much do you estimate you will lose over the next twelve months? Oh. And Jerry Harvey answered, you know, he said, you know, twenty three million.
3: All right.
0: And that's what he got. Oh.
3: So right, they paid it. him why didn't we fill out one? Oh Jesus. We're in the wrong game. We keep saying that. We're in the wrong game. Now, have you watched the latest ABC uh, telecast? It's called um, Australia Talks. And on that program... Australia Talks, no. Now, it's a new program, only started last week. And they had John Howard on. Oh, well, no, I'm not watching. It's got John Howard on. Well, the, they're turning over backwards... Imagine being jail ...to please the government. But... John Howard said, "We're not racist." The XPM stands by claim, by the claim that Cronulla riots weren't racially motivated. What a fool this man is! And I think he's headed uh, for a spell—a long spell—in the aged care facilities. He's headed for a long spell—spell spell in a jail. <laughs> Get him to the. That's a war crime, that's a different thing altogether. But Mm. if you've seen the Cronulla riots and you've seen the Lebanese people uh, being bashed by thousands of white people um, and he says we aren't racist, give me a break. Well, blame a lot of that on Alan Jones. Oh, well, yes, Alan... Uh,
0: there are some despicable men in this country. Oh, there are despicable women too, I'm sure, but there are a hell of a lot more despicable men. Mm. John Howard, did
3: you see he was named in some poll as the best prime minister? Uh, who, John Howard? Mm. Yeah, that was on this program uh. where they done this. The, the, the ABC is bending over backwards to appease this federal government and uh, you see right-wing journalists on uh, all the programs on the ABC, the talk back programs and whatever, and they're gradually taking over and uh, we can't blame anybody else except Ida Buttress. Now, I'm going to warn you, Susan, there's going to be a new way of voting fairly soon because uh, people like Jane McGrath, a senator in the Australian public, And Erica Betts-style Premier and also Uncle Eric will be moving in Parliament that people will not be able to vote in elections unless they can identify themselves properly. Now, Indigenous people, homeless people, other people who don't have a form of identification will not be able to vote unless they can prove whom they are. That's what Trump tried, Oh, so so why, why wouldn't we try
0: it then? Well, Smirko's a fan of his. Yeah. <laughs> That's why um, Biden wouldn't speak to him when he went over for that summit.
3: Yes. Well. No,
0: but it's quite, it's quite, it worries me, back, Man. Look, we know that capitalism cannot keep itself going because it's all about exploit, consume, exploit, consume. But there's only so much that can be consumed and we're running out of resources, running out of everything. We're running out of the climate. But, you know, capitalism, something is going to happen. It's going to have to crash. But we we only have two ways to go. One is socialism and one is fascism. Dearly, though, I would love to see, you know, socialism come through. We're not going to. I know it's going to be fascism. And but we're going to see you and I nearing the twilight of our yeah, years uh, seeing fascism. Come into Australia when we are in God's waiting room. Is that what you mean? I'm in. I'm not in God's <laughs> bloody waiting room. Thank you very much, Bagman. Neither are you. Oh, well. Who would say something like that to a
3: fine, upstanding comrade like yourself? Oh, well, I tell you what. You know, celebrity chef Manu Fidel. I think he was on that program called. My Kitchen Rules I, I know. Year. I know the man you mean. Frenchman, was, yeah. That's right. And he was there with a, a nut job called Peter Evans. Oh, with a brain broth and whatever. Maniac. Now, he says, and I quote him. He, he says, says Manu. Manu, not Evans. He says, surging rent, food prices and wages mean... He is unlikely to ever start another restaurant in Australia. Oh, well, good. Well, <laughs> and we can't do anything about surging rent, uh, Manu. We can't do anything about food prices. That's in the hands of the capitalists or whatever. And uh, if you want to have a battle about wages uh, being too exorbitant in this country, uh, we are almost on a level of slave wages, especially people in the retail, hospitality and catering uh, sections of our economy.
0: Now, 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 there's no slavery in Australia. There never has been slavery in Australia. Didn't our smirking Prime Minister tell us that? Well, he
3: did, but I don't believe him. Well, he's a liar, that's why. Well... You see people uh, come to this country, hired by labour hire companies, acting on behalf of farmers and whatever, that are put in shocking conditions, paid shocking wages, exploited to the nth degree, and people say, we don't have slave labour in this country. Mm. Uh, you know, those um, chefs,
0: what are they called, celebrity chefs? They,
3: that means they're disappearing up their
0: own arse, or they're on the telly. Oh yes, <laughs> that's what makes them celebrities. Um, I have a fondness for one of them, and that's that little cockney bloke. Oh, he's not so little anymore. So Jamie, um, oh, Jamie Oliver, Jamie Oliver, little cockney fella. He was quite a shock when he first appeared I know because it... chefs didn't talk like that. <laughs> they... but he pushed a thing for. Proper food for children at schools, changing all the duck shop, whatever they call it over there, all those things. Um, He also had a very anti-fast food thing. He also did a couple of TV spots about what was in McDonald's. And I'm afraid that was what pushed him sort of over the edge and made the big... People who those big awful men not like him
3: mm, well. because
0: he shouldn't have gone around showing you what uh, manufactured meat is mm. that's in McDonald's burgers. It was just I couldn't watch it. It was too sickening. And he also had four restaurants across England where he employed people of disadvantaged background and paid them the proper wages. And the proper everything was paid, all and whatever. Did I have super in UK? Who knows? But everything was paid properly. But that doing that stuff about McDonald's, I'm afraid. I'm not saying McDonald's did it to him. I'm just saying that he was pushed out of business. He had mm. drive by smashings of his restaurants. And his young restaurant workers, you know, physically stopped from going Go to on. work and treated badly. So one of them is all right. I'll always. Um, go for Jamie Oliver, the other ones can...
3: Well, they can jump in the lake. Well, and you've also got to be careful about what you say about McDonald's. Well, I
0: didn't say it. Jamie uh, McDonald... Sorry, Jamie Oliver
3: said it. But I also uh, wrote a book called Rip Off Ronald back in 1982 and launched outside of the headquarters in, of all places, Smith Street in Collingwood. Yes. And uh, pretty soon I found... Well, the book was an overnight success, but soon I I found myself being sued for $390,000 back in 1982. A veritable fortune, almost a parliamentary salary. (laughs) My God! (laughs) So I've got to be very careful about what you say about McDonald's and the type of people that eat there because parents don't take their kids to McDonald's. The advertising is directed at the children and the children take their parents to McDonald's. And it's aimed at the four to six-year-old children and they're indoctrinated in the way of McDonald's. Personally, I've never eaten McDonald's in in my life. And don't intend to.
0: Well, I'm not saying a word about that, Bagman, except you're in pretty, pretty good health.
3: Well, that's because I don't eat at McDonald's. and well, I no, eat. You mean you don't eat fast food? Well, I only eat what I watch television. I only eat what Jamie... What's his name Oliver. again? Oliver. Jamie Oliver suggests what I eat. He's good
0: because he does cooking shows for men. It's for men to do. Oh, right. It's real boy stuff. It shows mm. you how to make a really good, healthy hamburger. Oh,
3: right. I also take 15 tablets a day oh, to right. keep you alive. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, but anyway, Susan, uh, once again, uh, you've been listening to 3, uh, 3CR, Left After Breakfast, and uh, once again, thanks to all those people that generously donated last week, uh, especially Eric and uh, Alex. Um, we really appreciate your, um, your contribution to keep this, uh, yes. this program on air. Yes, yes indeed, and yes again. All right, so what do you reckon we go out the same old way? Why not? Dare to struggle. Dare to win. If you don't fight, you lose. Good morning from left after breakfast.